Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Collingwood absolutely in the headlines. We'll hear from Nathan Buckley and also former assistant Gary Hocking on where the pies are at. We'll keep you updated on the tribunal. Ben Cunnington uh, contesting his one-week ban. And, of course, time on. Your say on the news of the day. one 736 736 uh, Good evening. Welcome. Hope you've had a ripping day. one uh, 736 736 is the number. 0433 on the temper text. Temper is a mattress like no other. Uh, and, of course, uh, you'll say on the news of the day, the things you may have missed. Uh, all day socks by Underworks pass every comfort test at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Suns captain Dave Swallow to join us in half an hour's time. But if you're just finishing up a, a hard day at the office or on the site or wherever it is that you're doing, a uh, hard day at home, uh, looking after the kids, whatever you might have been up to, uh, and you've just been itching, to get something off your chest uh, and just have your say, as we say on the news of the day, then one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Let's start uh, with the pies today because they are um, at the top of the headlines um, as a big club tends to be, but certainly when a big club, uh, one of the biggest, is struggling ever so slightly, then uh, it is always going to dominate the headlines. Just before we get to that, we will keep you up to speed on everything that's going on in terms of the AFL Tribunal uh, with Ben Cunnington contesting that one-match ban uh, this evening. So the moment we've got uh, any updates on that, Aaron will let me know, I will let you know, and you will be up to speed. Uh, the one-week suspension for the high bump on Rory Laird. So updates as they come to hand. Nathan Buckley uh, fronted up to a press conference today, um, and we'll start with the positive. He's confirmed that the Pies will have their third debutant of the season, pick 19 in last year's draft. The brother of uh, Bulldog Jack McRae is Finn McRae, and Nathan Buckley confirmed that he will debut against the Eagles on Friday night footy. Finn McRae will play his first game, and, um, you know, through our VFL practice matches and, and training uh, over the last month, he's, he's been um, really consistent. Um, you know, was leaning in against uh, Paddy Dangerfield in the midfield last week, which is uh, a good heads up for him because there's some strong bodies uh, that he's going to have to contend with. But you know, he's, a, he's a natural ball winner, um, can play uh, through the midfield and forward for us. So yeah, it's a great reward for good form. Is that a life for life for Tay going out? Yeah, well, yes, but you know, I think we would have. He was starting to push through. He was he was asking questions um, to find an opportunity for him with his form. So, yeah, he's um, well earned. Nathan Buckley today. Uh, so Finn McRae will be the third debutant for the Pies this year from uh, last year's draftees. He was also asked his views on some of the calls that have been coming forth to for the Pies to play the kids. When young guys, you know, play the kids is a um, is a common refrain at the moment. Um, 
if I was if I was sitting watching the footy with with my grandpa back in the day, you will just kick it, and I, that's that's about as you know play the kids is about as it makes about as much sense as that. If they're ready, they'll play, um, and um, and yeah, and Finns deserved deserved his opportunity as Ollie did with his form um, through the preseason, as as Bo McCreary did um, leading into last weekend. He's got. Uh, an almost uncanny knack, Nathan Buckley, to deliver a clip, and you're not—you haven't realised you've actually been given one until you maybe just stop and listen, just a little bit longer. He's very, very sharp. I mean, he's very, very good at giving a backhander uh, without it being at the forefront of what he's saying. There's the ability to get a drive-by going uh, whilst he's talking about something else—you never see it coming. But it's there, and he's very, very good at it. Maybe one of the best uh, in the business at it. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Uh, Darcy Cameron uh, in the frame to possibly help out Brody Gun- Grundy uh, tackle Nick Natanui. They had success um, with Darcy Cameron coming into the side for this game, which was the final last year, one of Collingwood's greatest ever finals wins, I think. Uh, and that three-pronged forward line that actually worked for them in the way that they set up with. Um, with uh, Darcy Cameron coming in um, and uh, Mason Cox and also um, uh, Brody Mycheck. Jeez, my brain just stopped working there. Uh, so it's worked for them before. Um, Bucks has also asked about Darcy Moore going forward. Um, look, potentially. We, we're just not getting enough contests in front of the ball at the moment. And, you know, we've, we've spoken about that. I've said don't put it on the front six. It's it's a little bit about ball movement as well. So we've got to we've got to make sure that that's a little more consistent for the the front six. But they can they can uh, look after the contest a little bit better. Um, yeah, Bo, Bo McCreary comes in and lays you know seven forward fifty tackles out of eight um, eight total tackles and shows a, a real willingness to to pressure and um, and to win the ball. So that capacity is there. Um, yeah, Darcy's um, he's an elite All Australian key defender, um, so we uh, we understand the commentary about his his aerial possibilities forward, but that's still a maybe. Um, we've got to make the decision on what on whether what we know is is what we need, or or whether it's something different. And as I said, the next four to six weeks will be a big part of that. Gee, I wonder if four to six weeks to make that decision is too long. I wonder if you need to make a call on that now. At least give it a go. What have you got to lose? No one expects you to beat West Coast anyway. What have you got to lose? He's the second best contested mark in the competition at the moment in terms of numbers. Um, heard Gary Lyon, the analysis, the analogy that was used last night on the couch when he was talking about if the Western Bulldogs were a haircut and it's a little thin at the back. Well, Collingwood are the, the exact opposite. They're a mullet. They're just dull and boring at the front. But it's a party at the back because you've got the two of the most exciting defenders in the competition in Howe and also Moore and then Maynard when he comes back in. So you maybe can take the liberty to just give it a go, just give it a chance, just see what comes of it and see if you can beat West Coast in the air, which not many people are, are able to do. Speaking of Darcy Moore, Tom Morris, who's been doing a lot of writing about West, uh, about Collingwood at the moment, he wrote the story yesterday that there were some senior players disenfranchised with uh, Nathan Buckley and that the sources that he had were saying that Buckley's not the coach that he was a couple of years ago and that there's rumblings and murmurings and things just aren't as uh, hunky-dory and tiggity-boo as maybe they'd like internally there in the coach's box and uh, and also with parts of the playing group. 
He's writing today that Darcy Moore has been battling an Achilles tendon issue. Pies have managed his training loads in the opening rounds of the season, but it's understood he may need an extended rest at some stage, and that is just horrible news. I don't think there's anyone who's not enjoying what Darcy Moore's doing on a footy field uh, at the moment. He's been electric and, and would have a fair number of Brownlow votes, I reckon. He might be the only bloke to get Brownlow votes from conceding four goals uh, in that win over the Blues, but he was extraordinary in that game. And with Taylor Adams going to be out for 10 weeks, and that's uh, really a depth tester, isn't it? So maybe given all I've just said about trying to play him up forward, maybe that's one reason why they're not. But um, if they are trying to manage his loads, what would work best? It's, so some big questions to be answered in and around Darcy Moore. So uh, whilst we all might love him to go forward, as I certainly would love to see that unfold and how that would work, maybe it's just not feasible and sustainable uh, with what they're trying to do in managing that injury at the moment. At one three hundred seven three six seven three six, so you're saying the news of the day. Um, Bucks has also asked about uh, the Pies' game plan and method. Oh, well, game plan! Game plan and method changes constantly. I mean, the the rules of the game going into season twenty one have asked for slightly different shifts in the way that you know teams are moving the ball out of their back half. Um, you know, West Coast, for instance. They've always been quite a safe side in their back 50 you know, or back third and, and, um, and they kick mark a lot and that's, that's, they're still doing that but it actually is what the game is asking. We're seeing that um, as a bit of a trend across the competition. Um, so yes, we, we, we are trying to adapt consistently to what the game is showing us and bringing our strengths to the fore. Um, as I said, we've just been patchy. We haven't being in winning positions and not being able to win might, might talk to the to that edge that you're talking about, um, but yeah, we can only answer that by what we what we put forward, and and clearly we will, we will be judged on that. Uh, Nathan Buckley today, so there's a bit more to, to play out. It was a really interesting press conference. I'm amazed that nobody asked anything to do with Tom Morris's story. I, I thought that would have been the first question fired. Uh, and in the end, nobody bothered to ask, how is your relationship with the players? I thought that would have been a, a walk-up start, number one. I know that if Julian DeStoop was was there, it would have been yeah, – he would have bustled his way to the front of the throng and just really laid it on the chin. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. of course, you're saying the news of the day. North arguing uh, that they want low impact rather than medium impact for uh, Cunnington's bump on Rory Laird. Uh, so that's unfolding at the moment. That's what they're starting out their defence with to try to get that charge downgraded. Mark's in Sydney, a regular caller, and we love to hear from him. Mark, hello, mate. G'day, Sam. How are you? Really well, thanks. You want to talk pies? Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, I was listening to Andy and Bob earlier today, and um, I think they hit it pretty much on the head when they said that it doesn't look like anybody's in control at Carlton. It's a real circus down there. Uh, sorry, not Carlton, Collingwood. And it looks like a real circus down there at the moment. I'd just like to get your opinion on it. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah. I'm really surprised we haven't heard from anybody in a, in a senior position really throughout the course of the year. I know they've got co-presidents at the moment while they look to fill that position and no one should ever feel like they've got to rush. That, that's an incredibly important decision. They shouldn't feel like they have to rush that, but it's just... When, again, you're, you're, you're sort of dominating the headlines, I mean, if I was a Collingwood fan I'd, I'd, and a member, I'd just want to hear maybe a little bit more. I'd just want to hear someone front up and say, just rest easy, everybody. Rest assured. There's a plan Absolutely. here. We've got Buckley's contract. We're working through that. We're going to wait. and, and Just a little bit more um, reassurance. But there's just – it's actually silent. 
So when things are silent that's, like that's that, that's point, when yeah. questions like this start to get asked. Well, you know, who's who's running the show? What's going on? And how is everything? And then when a story like Tom Morris has come out that says, well, no, there's senior players that, uh, and names those players, which, as Bob and Andy said today, we don't ever really – it's normally sources close to or – uh, unnamed sort, but when they've named the players that they believe are disgruntled, um, that's a worry as well, which is another reason why I was shocked that nobody asked Nathan Buckley uh, about that today. Very much, because if you're a Pies fan, the number one thing you'd probably, well, number, the two things you'd probably want from Collingwood as a club, and especially from the board, are transparency and facts. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, if it was me, I would. I can't speak for every Collingwood fan, uh, but certainly when the performances aren't uh, what they'd expect and um, it's never really been said yet that Collingwood are in a rebuild by Collingwood. Uh, they certainly, from the what they were talking about at the start of the year, was that they believe that they're still a finals team and, and that's where they're aiming themselves. So it's we're finding it hard to place them at the moment. Where are they at? Where do they think they're at? Um, and Nathan Buckley was very honest there where they're still trying to figure out what the competition's doing and, and how to go with that, but also play to their strengths. And some teams are doing that better early than others. Um, yeah. And, and think- Steve Hawking, uh, sorry, Gary Hawking spoke to Dwayne Russell about that earlier on today. And it's a great chat, au. from that point of view. He just spoke about there's teams that have been ready to go with the new rules and maybe have reacted a bit more proactively to them than others, and they're reaping the benefits early in the season. Whether that changes later, we'll um, we'll have to figure that out, Mark. But thank you for the call, mate. Always great to chat to you. Thanks. Thanks. 1-300-736-736. Nathan Buckley spoke about how he's judged and how he judges his own coaching. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I think in the, in the end, you, you sort of look at the win or loss and, uh, and whether you're standing up in key moments and executing um, you know, the way that you want to go about it. That, that, those last um, couple of plays, last couple of minutes against Brisbane was not us and really last quarter they, they had momentum. And, and then, yeah, we, we were patchy against GWS. He had some good moments, but um, we had some poor ones as well. So in the end... It's got to be a four-quarter performance. I mean, what the supporters want to see is what we want to see, which is the line between where you are now and where you're going, and, it, and you want it to be tracking up. Um, we can't say that we've, we've shown or displayed that in the first month. There's no doubt that you know, we can, we're capable of playing better footy and we want to be playing better footy. Um, so we can only, we can only uh, resurrect that with our actions. Um, yeah, the words are, are, are going to be cheap at the moment. Uh, and that's... Absolutely spot on. Nothing's going to stop chatter unless there's a, a marked change in uh, the way that they go about it. Um, because the way that they have been going about it, it sounds simplistic to say, but it is very accurate that the way they've been going about it this year uh, hasn't been good enough and probably isn't in line with the way that other teams are playing and getting success. So there's still a heap of the season to go. It's certainly not beyond them, but this is a, this is a, you get the feeling this is a, a, a look in the mirror, line in the sand, whatever cliche or analogy you want to throw up with it. It's got that feel about it uh, for Collingwood this week. Uh, John's in Taylor's Lakes. Hello, John. Sammy, how you going, mate? Really well. Thank you. Uh, Sammy, I was listening to Gary and Tim talking about uh, Nathan and Collingwood this morning. And the question you just asked, why didn't any of the media guys ask him that question? Well, for some reason, I believe over the 10 years... The media treats uh, Nathan Buckley as if he's a protected species. If it was any other coach, mate, 
they would be dragged over hot coals uh, from the media. And the thing is, Tim said this morning, I just want to, I just want to give you my opinion when it comes to this part of it. Tim said this morning about um, Toby Green taking over the captaincy from Cornelio, and he said, well, if Toby Green would be the right person for the job, he would say, no, it's not the right time. You shouldn't do that to Steve Cornelio. That was exactly my comment, Sammy, in 2011, when Michael Malthouse handpicked the best young list that was in the AFL at the time, all the experts, all the media experts, football experts, if you go back, they said that Collingwood was the best young side and I believe the only reason they lost against Geelong in 2011, they won 2010, lost 2011, the only reason they lost 2011 is because of the stuff that was going on in the background to get Nathan in as takeover coach for the following year with a ready-made list to win a grand final. Not to do the hard yards like Mick Mulhouse did and compile, compile that side. And if Nathan had been the right Collingwood person to coach the club, he would have made the same comment as what Tim Watson said this morning about Toby Green, that he should say, he should have said, no, let Michael finish what he started with his great side. We'll have a, probably another couple of premierships for at the most. And I'm not a Collingwood supporter. I'm an outsider. Right? If he had have been that person, then I think he would have got a lot more respect from the players and the people at Collingwood. Now, I'm not a Collingwood supporter, but that's my belief, and I've had that yep. belief for 10 years, and I reckon that's what's been the problem, mate. Um, interesting take, John, and I appreciate you ringing up to, to give it. Uh, all I would say about that, and and I'm not, again, I'm... I don't know if Nathan Buckley's a protected species. Um, not not from my point of view, anyway. Others might not want to go down that road by uh, asking certain questions or, or holding certain things to account, but not from my point of view. But all I would say in, in terms of that is that might be a little harsh on him in that circumstance because Mick Mouldhouse agreed to that handover. Um, he, he he ticked that off as well. Now, what effect that it then has if if someone changes their mind? about wanting to do that handover, what effect that then has on the playing group. I wonder if that will come out maybe down the track. It's been obviously 10 years since. So I wonder, do we know really how much effect it had? Um, that might still come out in someone's book one day at one point, but uh, Mick Moldhouse did agree to that handover. I would say that in Nathan Buckley's defence. Uh, Mick and uh, Gersell, Phil, uh, Chris, Mark, uh, stay right there. We'll get to you on the other side of this. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Yeah, look, we just haven't, we haven't been, we were very difficult to address it in a short week um, on the track. So we were six days and, and travel. So um, largely, you know, contested ball and, and tackle intent and pressure intent is, a, is an attitude as much as, as it is a, an action. Um, and we've seen... Um, ebbs and flows in that uh, in the first month and in particular in the last couple of weeks. So that's that's not um, what we know of our group. It's not what I know of our group. Um, we've had some conversations about that um, and the leadership are taking, the playing leadership are taking responsibility and accountability for that. Um, you know, if you don't get a response, there's a, you know, there's a real question about if you don't get a response. But I, I believe in our group still and I believe in our capacity to... Um, come back towards each other, find a feeling together, and then to, to do what has to be done to, to compete. 
Nathan Buckley at his present today. Welcome back to Time On. Sam Hargraves with you, one 736 Gary Hawking spoke to Dwayne Russell uh, a little earlier on today, and uh, he did speak about what he thinks that they should do differently and, and what where they need to improve. And he certainly pointed to the forward line needing to be more competitive, maybe bringing a player up out of there to go and help out the midfield so they've got more players to actually run and carry, uh, maximise their ability to, to, to run and carry from defence. Scores from defence are now up from what they have been. Scoring chains starting from your back line to forward line are well up on where they've been in previous years, and maybe they're not taking advantage of the moors and the hows. Um, and these guys that have got the ability to do that. Um, but he did say that they need to get be able to take more advantage at ground level. They've got to take more advantage of what Brodie Grundy's doing uh, and, and be able to have a more competitive forward line that would enable their small forwards to cause some damage by br- at least bringing ball to ground when, the, when it goes inside forward 50. So I'll, I'll play a little bit of that in a, in a, in a bit, but uh, it is your say on the news of the day that we promise you uh, on time on. And Mick's in Mount Eliza who wants to talk about the Pies. G'day, Mick. G'day, Sam. How you going? Really well, thank you. That's the way. Look, speaking about uh, Darcy Moore going forward, you just can't take your, your best backman, potentially the All-Australian centre-half back, and sticking forward thinking that he's going to mark the ball that's delivered the way Collingwood deliver it mm. into our forward line. No one can mark that ball. <laughs> I feel for Mason Cox. Well, he does very well yeah. marking it at the other end, you would have to say, though, <laughs> Mick. I mean, yeah. he's fantastic in the way he's able to read the, the ball coming in that's defensively right. and the one-on-one contested marks that he's able to win on a regular basis. He's second in the comp for contested marks this year. So... Um, I would just love to see it at least because what have you got to lose if you throw caution to the wind and just go, look, we'll give up something to maybe gain something. I'd love Surely to see him try. Could... Uh, well, try against North Melbourne. Don't try against the Weagles. <laughs> but you're not going to play finals against North Melbourne. If you want to play finals, Mick, you've got to do it against the best sides and see if it works. Uh, but against the two big forwards, we need him back there, particularly this week. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Uh, that's a good point as well. It's... Hey, I'm, I'm not saying it's an easy decision to make, um, but it, well, it, the other, it, it, the other it, it, point could be, Mick, that you, you may not, if you do it in a game that no one expects you to win, well, then you can always come back, well, no one expected us to win anyway, if it doesn't work. And if it uh, well, does, you're a genius. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm very pragmatic. Every game, someone's going to win or lose. It's yeah. how you win or lose that, that is the question. That's a, uh, and it's a great are, question, Mick. We are the middle of the road side. You know, we're certainly not a top eight side. We're not a bottom six side. No. Uh, but um, so we have to play at our absolute best to try and get towards that seventh or eighth spot if we're lucky. Yeah. And, and Mick, you're 100% right. And I think the best that Collingwood's played is in that final last year where they didn't play slow play, monotonous that sort of down the line, rely on stoppage win football, that you actually played with dare and run and, and, and chaos and unpredictability. And it was just brilliant to see. I, I, I just loved that game last year and everything that Collingwood were able to do to disrupt West Coast. It, it is a, a historic win. It's one of the greatest ever in a final, I reckon, in the circumstances that it was won in. Um, thank you for your call, mate. I really appreciate it. And you make some great points. Uh, Justin's in Caulfield. G'day, Justin. Hi, how are you going? Really well, thanks, mate. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm going to talk about Collingwood. I'm very much aware that footy is a cyclical game. You go up, 
you go down. I want Collingwood to win every game. I want us to qualify every every year and contend um, for premierships every year. But that's just mm. not how it works. Um, and I, I think that most fans, what we're most, I find that we're most concerned is that we, we're very confused. What direction is the club going in? Mm. Are we going for youth? Well, our draft last year would support that, but we're we're playing. I can understand, you know, you need to give young young players need to earn their spot. Their bodies might not be up to it, and that's fine. But we're just playing guys that aren't really worthy of their spots and aren't going to be in the next premiership team. You, no one can look me in the eye and tell me that guys like Chris Mayne and Levi, Green, Levi Greenwood, I'm sure they're nice guys, but they're not going to be in our, in our next premiership team. I just don't understand why we're handing games out to guys like Callum Brown and Josh Thomas who haven't done anything since 2018. Um, and it's just it's genuine confusion with where our list is at. On the couch, put it very well last night. Our list demographic is a shambles. Um, we haven't looked the same since we had Gary Hocking as an assistant, since we had the great Justin Longmuir as an assistant. I can handle a loss. I can handle us taking a step backwards or two in order to contend again in two, maybe three, maybe four years. We're just getting mixed messages. It's just confusing. And, and I think that's what a lot of the frustration is all about. Justin, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it. And I, and I hear the passion and I, I hear the frustration, mate. And I, I think it's, um, even for the most ride or die Collingwood fans, I think there's a lot of head scratching going on and maybe just some clarity needed. Um, it's, it can sometimes be just as simple as that to get a reassuring message or whether it's an email or whether it's uh, someone getting out in front of a camera to say, this is where we're at and this is what's going on. And uh, sometimes it can make the world a difference. Phil's in Bayswater. G'day, Phil. G'day, mate. How are you? Really well, thanks. Mate, the body of work that we are getting asked to assess and the tribe that Nathan wants to trot out and go, oh, we might assess and the boys need to buy in. Come on, mate. It's, it's two years that we have played this. Can't take a kick down the line. We can't mark a kick down the line. You don't divulge or change from your strategy five weeks into it. His press conferences, Sam, and I know I said it last night, mate, they're not getting any easier or any better to what you just said, mate. There's no confidence coming from him. He's walking around like it's inevitable. It's a means to an end. I actually, I actually feel the club, the club's just drifting. We're in this float and hope. Let's hope, hope that the guys get the strategy. Let's hope that they can execute it. And I think it's actually a really sad tale that we've put Nathan so far in a pocket now that whatever happened with the trade has just fragmented his relationship with the players. And you can see it. And anyone that understands anything about brands, we're in a whole lot of pain at Collingwood. And we just needed to really decide what our strategy is going to be and how we're going to execute it. Because as members... It just looks confusing. Um, it certainly does feel like a, a transition, a, a historical sort of transformation, transition period for Collingwood, doesn't it? Uh, Phil, I think you, you, you make some really valid points there as a, as a Collingwood man yourself, that there seems to be like it's a new era is or maybe isn't or sort of is or somehow or, or probably is going to eventuate and we're just sort of sitting here waiting uh, for that. Uh, but in the meantime, um, for, for, for you that, that pays the ticket to go watch the game, that pays the membership, you, you, you want to at least believe that or know the direction, therefore you can get on board. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm hearing that from several Collingwood fans. I'll be on board, but I just want to know where we're going. Um, and that's, that's fair and reasonable, I reckon. Uh, Mick's in Beland. G'day, Mick. Yeah, g'day, mate. How you go? Really good, thanks. What have you got for me? Couple of points, mate. A uh, couple of calls ago, the guy he had a totally, he's got it totally wrong. Molehouse approached Eddie McGuire and said, "I'm cooked. I've had enough." And 
And the reason why he lost that uh, 2011 Premiership because he went against his word and he played injured players, which he said he'd never do. So, and then when uh, Eddie goes, well, I want you to keep coaching until we find a succession plan. And that's what happened. And then in that time, Molehouse got the urge to keep coaching and that's when it went sour. And then, um, and now I think everything that's happened over, obviously, the, the trade period, the Christmas period, I think the players are all down. They've lost three of their good mates, three good players. Uh, with and the things that happen with Eddie, I think the whole club is at the uh, rock bottom at the moment. It's going to be hard to get out of it. And the way Ed, uh, Buckley was talking in the uh, press conference today, uh, the way, to me, and I'm a Collingwood member and I have been for a long time, and mm. I love Buckley, is that it's either they're not putting the right plans in place or the players aren't listening to what plans they've got. It's, uh, it's, I don't know whether he's well, he has lost the players or not. They're not listening to the game plan. They're not playing with any enthusiasm. They're playing flat. Uh, I think it's Carlton. You look at that Carlton game. They took on the game. They played well. It looked like, almost like that game last year, like you were talking about. But from then, it's just, you know, it was like a one game out of five or four. Yeah. So I don't really know how we're going to get out of this. And um, the only thing I can hope for is that St Kilda got belted last week by, the, by everybody outside of the way they played, and they come up and, and they got yep, embarrassed. And absolutely. They, won, and they beat West Coast. They did. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping the same thing's going to happen now. Collingwood's getting belted now all week. Hopefully they can come up and West Coast can be on the brunt of two two teams that uh, they got smashed in the press. So, yep. hopefully. Uh, Mick, I, I, uh, thanks for the call. I, I think you, you, you've maybe cotton on to a couple of things there that the article is suggesting as well that there's some players that gen- genuinely are not happy with how things were handled. Now, it's no surprise that players get traded. It's no surprise that players get moved on. We know that most of the coaches want a situation where they can trade a player without uh, that player even agreeing to it. So we know that's where the game is heading. I, I, th- th- what I think upset the players and what we're hearing is just the way in which it was handled by saying that there was senior members that didn't want Adam Trelaw there and how that was all sort of navigated and and portrayed. I think that has upset players there. And it's another great example for me, and I think another reason why, don't have coaches doing this. Don't have coaches doing list management anymore. The game has gone to another professional standard. Look, I know people hate this, but look to what America do. You've got your coach that coaches the team that he's given by the general manager or the list manager, whatever you want to call it, and it's not the coach's decision. So when the coach rocks back up at preseason and six of your mates have been cut or moved somewhere else or, or traded, then it's not the coach that's done it. So you can still look at that person there and go, I have faith in you because I trust you and I trust that you've got my back and me yours. And I, I think successful clubs that do that better will, will be more successful in the long run as we move into a... Uh, and a changing era in that space. But I think that's a great lesson to learn, that don't have coaches making those calls. Don't have coaches doing the list management decisions. They'll just coach the team that that you give them. They can have an input, but don't have them making the calls, making the decisions. And we we just saw it blow up in Collingwood's face. I I reckon other clubs will will learn something from that as well. Hey, uh, Dave Swallow's got to join me next. Uh, And then Gersell, if you can hang around, I'll I'll get straight to you after Dave Swallow, the Gold Coast Suns coach on the other side of this uh, sporting capital. Uh, This is time on, not the sporting capital. Time on, SEN. Uh, The jury of Richard Loveridge, Shane Wakelin and Jason Johnson have left to deliberate after North Melbourne uh, fronted up to the tribunal to get Ben Cunnington's one-week suspension downgraded. Uh, The Adelaide club doctor, Mark Sassana, 
confirmed that no extra treatment or further investigation uh, or treatment was needed for Rory Laird. So that would hopefully work in uh, North Melbourne's favour from their thinking. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 your say on the news of the day. Uh, Gold Coast Suns will change tact. Uh, always, You're always fascinated to see how this team is going to to go year in, year out. they finally got to settle this, a list that wants to be there. Um, they've, again, got some injury concerns that are going to be frustrating. They cannot ever seem to get a break with that. Uh, they're one and three on the year, have had some impressive performances and a win against North Melbourne, but uh, it wasn't great viewing in the, uh, the loss to Carlton over the weekend. So we thought we'd have a little chat uh, to their skipper about that. And, and Dave Swallow's been good enough to jump on the line. The Gold Coast Suns co-captain, I uh, believe he's doing the daycare run at the moment. Uh, Dave, hello to you. Hi, Sam. How are you going? I'm really well, thanks. Um, it's been a, an interesting season, as it, it so often tends to be, uh, with a side that's uh, on the rise, like yourselves. How, what have you made of the first four weeks uh, of 2021? Yeah, um, I mean, it's... We feel like we're, we've obviously been, been competitive. Um, probably a little bit frustrated um, as, a, as a team. We haven't, haven't had the results that we would have liked and um, that we were expecting and hoping for. Um, but, yeah, it's, I suppose it's only early on the season and um, there's plenty to go, so we've got to, got to keep going, keep moving forward and um, another, another opportunity this week against the, the Bulldogs. You're really competitive against West Coast. I think you won a lot of admirers for the way you went about it in round one. A, a, a close loss to Adelaide. Uh, you'd had the win against North Melbourne convincingly. This looked like a winnable game as well. What's been the wash-up uh, from the review of what went down against the Blues at Metricon? Uh, yeah, look, we, I suppose in all our games, we feel like... Um, you know, we've, we've obviously... Our effort and, and Tim, we, we can't question, but probably the games against Cutland and... And Adelaide, there's there's certainly some things in our in our method when we when we're getting um, we're going a bit too slow at times, um, and and a bit of our execution as well. So, but we certainly learnt learnt a lot from from both games. But um, now that we're yeah, we're just keen to keen to keep going. We're we're searching for that win. It is a, a bit of a juggling act, isn't it? And we're seeing that this year. When to just hold it a little, when to slow it down and when to really throw caution to the wind and to take advantages of the new advantages that have come in to the game. It's always felt to me like you guys, a little bit like the Gold Coast itself, you, you're better when you're a bit edgy. You never know what you're going to expect. It's like anyone that's ever been to a trip to the Gold Coast. Uh, you, you never quite can tell. Uh, and that unpredictability of it all, it's a little bit wild, it's uh, a little bit looser. It seems like to me that you guys are at your best when, when that's happening. Yeah, yeah, we certainly we feel like we're a lot harder to play against, especially when we get some speed on the ball and um, you know we've got a lot of some fast guys in our team. We, we get it forward to you know, we we got a lot of speed up front as well with our forward line guys like um, Isaac Rankin and you know, Ben Ainsworth, Darcy McPherson. Um, so we we feel like we got some good some good threats and um, yeah, we just at times we're just getting a bit stagnant. We've got we just got to um, I suppose take a few more risks at, at certain times in, in, in the game. So certainly certainly have taken a lot from, from those losses. Tell us a little bit about Isaac Rankin from your point of view. He came under a little bit of fire. I don't know if it made its way up north uh, from Kane Corns, just maybe after uh, the Adelaide game, suggesting that maybe not be try to be as flashy and, and, and just temper it a, a little bit. 
Can you take us into what Isaac's like as, as a teammate, what, he's bring, what he brings to the table from your point of view and what he's told that he needs to bring to the table from a team point of view? Um, yeah, look, I think uh, well, Isaac does all those things things naturally. So, I mean, in terms of um, what he's told, he's obviously just gone, you know, he's obviously got a role to, to you know, bring his natural flair. And, um, but also he brings a lot of pressure with him. He's, he's got... A great, great aerobic base, and, and he's obviously, you know, very fast, and he can put a lot of pressure on opposition. Um, but yeah, I think for, for Isaac, it's obviously been a, a lot of, you know, talk about him early in his career. Um, I think for, from our point of view, the, um, you know, there's, there's no pressure. It's just to, just to play his role and, and to bring that pressure. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it may need to simplify things a little bit. Um, you know, there, there obviously is that pressure, so. Um, you know, we're internally, we're just trying to drive him to do the simple things really well. Um, and, you know, he'll, he'll get the results. He, he reps really hard on his game and, um, yeah, confident that, you know, he'll start to reap the benefits of that. I always love to hear that because sometimes from the outside you can think you can think you know the way someone goes about it by the way that they play the game. But from what you're telling us, he's as diligent as anyone in the way he trains, the way he prepares and the way he goes about it? Yeah, absolutely. He's... Um, you know, I think when he first got here, he, he had to learn, learn a fair bit, um, you know, in terms of his body and stuff like that. He obviously missed a fair bit of footy in his first year. Um, but, yeah, that's, I feel like that's really held him in good stead. And, um, you know, he's got, a, he's got a great attitude and he, and he really wants to, um, you know, get the most out of himself. So, yeah, it's exciting. He's only very young, so... Um, he's got plenty of footy left, to, left ahead of him. Dave, you've been there since day one, number one draft pick in 2010. And... Um, it seems to me that for as long as the Gold Coast have been around, uh, there's always been uh, injury woes. And it, and, it's, and it must be frustrating. It must be bloody annoying when you, you probably have never got through a year thinking, geez, we're able to get our best team out on the park there consistently. Um, and, and you're finding it a little bit like that again this year. You've had, uh, you know, you've had injuries yourself. It, it must really, I don't know if it keeps you up at night, but it must, and I know that footy's not always fair, but it has always seemed to be relatively and pretty unfair when it comes to the Suns and the injury list. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, mean, I feel like we've we've had a pretty good last couple of years. Like we've had, I think last year we had one of the best injury sort of lists on the, on the comp. So we've sort of had a few good years, um, you know, of just building the, you know, Uninterrupted with injuries, but you're right. This year we've just been we've been hammered. But um, look, as far as we're concerned, it's it's just just the way it is. We can't control that, and mm. um, we certainly don't want to use it as an excuse. And with I know from from internally, it's like we just we just want to win every game. We're going into any, every game believing that. So um, the rest of that stuff we we can't control. On on the flip side, one of the the great things that's happening at the club at the moment. You've, as I said, you've been there since day one, and you had to go through a, a period of real upheaval where there was a lot of players going, um, and there, we, we we understood that there might have been a, a little bit of disharmony because of what was going on there. And you were one of the players that made a stand and said, "If you want to be here, be here. If you don't, don't." And and we're going to really build a place where people want to come to and they want to stay. And and that's really evident to see now. We saw it in the Making Their Mark documentary and with the role Stewie Jew's doing. Uh, you've got players re-signing left, right and centre. Everyone seems to be on the same page. How much difference does that make, especially as a captain, to know that you've got a, a group of guys there and, and a team around you that everybody's bought in and everybody's on the same page? 
yeah, it is. It is nice, and it's you know, it's been a few years in the I suppose developing and um, you know guys that you know over the last few years we've got some guys in the draft and uh, yeah, it's just it's nice to know that you know the next few years that a lot of the guys that you're running out with are gonna you know they're signed on for the next few years and, and they're invested. So um, yeah, it's definitely definitely a good place to be around. It's um, you know obviously we 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 still got some work to go, but uh, in terms of you know, culturally and where we're heading, we're, we're really happy. We, we might not be able to see it from a ladder perspective yet at one and three, but where has the improvement come from, from what you're seeing out in the middle, leading this team out every week? Um, well, I think we're certainly through the, I don't know, sort of all areas of the ground. I feel like we're, our team's looking a lot more balanced. You know, we've got some, some good threats in the midfield, um, up forward. You know, we've still got some some young but really um, exciting prospects. And even down back, we're, we're, I suppose, just, yeah, developing a, a really solid list. And, um, I mean, the way we're playing, hopefully people can, you know, see the, the brand that we're, we're trying to we're trying to play. And we, we, we have been since Dewey got here. Um, yeah, I suppose there's probably not one specific area, but I feel like we're just... You know, improvement, improvement all over. Hey, um, one of the pluses that must have come out of things was without a recognised ruckman in the team, you, you actually won clearances. Uh, you lost centre clearances by just two, but you won clearances 46 to 39 uh, against Carlton. You must really be proud of this young midfield group that you're at the helm of, especially Noah Anderson, who's been massive stepping into the Matt Rao breach and... Um, and the others that are coming through, and, and Greenwood's been a, a, a great addition and plays such an important role in the engine room with you. But that must have really filled you with uh, a, a lot of hope for what's to come when you can not have a recognised Ruckman and be able to, to get a win in clearance. Yeah, definitely. And, and credit to, um, you know, Caleb Graham and, and Chris Burgess, who, and even and even Huey Green were just playing a role in the Ruck to, I suppose, just to get, give ourselves a... Um, give ourselves a chance and just uh, make it a half of the, I think it was Pitnet on the weekend, just um, get into line of ball and, and we were able to, yeah, just go to work and, um, yeah, not, I suppose they didn't have absolute dominance, which was, which was handy. And, uh, yeah, the, the boys have got a real, we've got a real focus on bringing pressure every week and, and that's sort of the, the forefront of our game. And, uh, yeah, we feel like if we're bringing that, then we're, we're going to be in the game most, most weeks. Well, you probably you're definitely going to have to have it this week against one of the better pressure sides in the competition who sit four and zero. But what a way to really test yourselves about where you're at, uh, taking on the ladder leaders in in the Western Bulldogs. Uh, we know you'll equip yourself well, and we really appreciate your time. And uh, I'll let you get back to the pickup. <laughs> no worries at all. Thanks for having me, Sam. I've uh, very much appreciated all your calls and all your texts. Jury still deliberating in the. Tribunal case, Ben Cunnington looking to get his one-week suspension for the high bump on Rory Laird downgraded. So uh, we will give you an update on that as soon as we have it. NBL shows up for half an hour with Peter Hooley up next. I'll be back at 7.30. Just last night, we had some people talking about the noise of affirmation and whether home teams get an advantage in terms of free kicks. I've gone and done a little bit of research, and this is a study done from 2012 to 2019 that shows that, yes, home teams do get ahead of the ledger, but the most that a team was ever really ahead of the ledger on average is the West Coast Eagles, who on average from 2012 to 2019 had five extra free kicks a game. The Dogs three and a half, Adelaide 3.1, North 2.7,
Collingwood 2.4, and the list goes down from there. It meant an extra 4.1 points per game, those free kicks to West Coast, and about an extra 3.2 for the Western Bulldogs. So, yes, it's there, but in terms of the scoreline, it doesn't actually have a massive advantage, not even a goal. Uh, so we just thought we'd update you on that. But the NBL show's up next. I'll uh, speak to you on the other side. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.